Good day, everyone, and welcome to New Matter, the SLAS podcast where we interview life science luminaries. I'm your host, SLAS Scientific Director Marshall Brennan, and we're joined today by my co-host, Mark Bickle, the uh, head of screening facilities at the Max Planck in Dresden, and our lovely guest today, uh, Constanza Corrado, a field scientist with Corning. How are you doing today, Constanza? I'm doing great, Marshall. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm really, really happy to be here today. Really, really happy to have you here as well. Um, so for some context for our listeners, uh, we've had a lot of really great uh, insight from uh, Costanza on our various webinar series about vaccines and whatnot. And so she is a, a depth of knowledge on uh, a lot of things that are very relevant today. Uh, and we're really excited to be able to sort of pick her brain about how she got to where she is now and sort of see where we can take the conversation. Mark, are you doing all right today? Yes, uh, thank you very much, Marshall. I'm doing fine in these very weird times, and I'm also very excited to do this podcast with you. Thank you very much for giving me this occasion and to have this little chat with Constanza and about her work and her life in these times. Awesome. All right. Well, so I'm new here, so I assume that this is going to continue to be a tradition, but I would like, Constanza, for you to do the difficult job of distilling your day-to-day work down into 10 words. 10 words, you're going to have to count that for me. Well, basically, I advise scientists who want to use corning tools for several applications. So, for example, if there's someone that wants to use a corning tool for vaccine production, my job is to advise people. So, my day to day basis in summary is advising, visiting, and also troubleshooting with, uh, with our corning customers. Awesome. I did count. And before you uh, explained it, you actually did have 10 words. So it was okay, good. <laughs> awesome. So tell us a little bit about uh, your background. You know, where, where'd you go to school? What path did you take to get here? And did is this, uh, you know, where you thought you'd end up? Yeah, actually, I am originally from Chile in Latin America. I am a biochemist myself. So I was trained here in university in Santiago in our capital. And yeah, I am basically a bioprocess scientist. This is what I wanted to develop my career. I was always very much into applied sciences. So that's why I started working here in Chile first in the animal vaccine industry. It's really exciting because you can get to see what you research and what you develop come to life in the manufacturing plant. So after that, I decided to, well, let's take a step forward in my career. Why don't we just try our chances here in Europe. And that's how I, I landed a position in Belgium, uh, also in bioprocess. So basically, I stayed in this field. By this time, I wanted to make a switch from vaccines. So now I started working in um, antibody production, completely different, much, a lot, very, very interesting. Now we work in suspension platforms. So it's quite, it was quite interesting to have the both of the perspectives when it comes to bioprocess there adherent, more classical part, and also um, the suspension part. So yeah, I was there for around a year and a half, more or less. And after a couple of years working in the lab, I thought, well, why don't we give my career a little twist and move on into the most more business part of the the science world? And that's how I, I got this position where I'm currently working here in Corning. And here in Corning, I'm not working as a scientist in the lab anymore, but it's great in the sense that I get to apply my knowledge because basically as a field application scientist, I'm helping researchers using Corning tools 
to basically do it in the most efficient way. So I'm still very, very much in touch of pretty much everything that's going on in the industry today. And my previous experience in the lab, Hanson in the lab, definitely helped a lot, a lot, a lot, yeah. I must say. Awesome. So you're you're clearly pretty uh, well appraised of what the uh, the landscape of uh, life science research at this point. What do you think is the the most important thing on our, our horizon? Obviously, you know, vaccines are in the news right now, but eventually, you know, I certainly hope our global health situation will cool down. And so, what is the technology that you see being the defining feature of the next, you know, let's let's call it uh, five years? Yeah, you know, have you seen, for example, all the new technologies that are being used for vaccine development and especially Corona situation really push this? So we have the traditional vaccines, so what classical ones, inactivated or attenuated vaccines. But also have a look at the new technologies that are coming up for vaccines, mRNA vaccines, DNA mm -hmm. vaccines, viral vectors vaccines, not only for vaccines, but for other applications. And I feel these two viral vectors and mRNA uses for different applications are kind of the future that is coming up. Again, not just for vaccines, but maybe for a, on, a, oncology or for um, therapeutic applications in the field of cancer and other things. So this is very exciting. So as you're working together with scientists, so I'm the scientist in the laboratory, and uh, indeed we do take uh, advantage of the knowledge of the companies who are providing us, and do you then also participate, for instance, in the have an influence in the R&D of Corning by feeding back then also in the reverse direction, the feedback from the scientists on product development? So you have collaborations with laboratories for developing products also. Yeah, Mark, actually, we do have an applications and development lab in the, not here in Europe, but in the United States, in the state of Maine. And yes, all complaints or if people tell me, I love this vessel, but I really like it if we could switch this and that. This is things that these are things that I always transfer to my colleagues over there in the United States because it's quite important to develop the next generation of um, vessels in this case, for example. And I, mean, I would imagine now your, your, your travel budget must have changed drastically, <laughs> right? I mean, your, your life must have been pretty much changed. I mean, I'm traveling less, but for you, it must be enormous. How are you dealing? Actually, yes. Before uh, the COVID situation, my schedule, I was practically maybe in average two days a week traveling around Europe, visiting customers, pretty much Europe. The whole Europe was my whole territory. And now we had to switch and everything was all the interaction. Everything was face to face, obviously. So now we had to switch absolutely everything to webcam which maybe for a meeting, for a conversation, it's fine. But I also used to do a lot of demo demonstrations with the tools that we have from Corning. And now we have to switch to webcam. So that has been a bit challenging. Uh, to be honest, I hope I can get in the field sooner than later. I'm really hoping because I much prefer the face-to-face -face interaction. And as I was telling you, for some aspects of what we do, we manage very well via webcam or whatever platform we're using. But for demonstrations, when I teach researchers how to use a certain platforms, especially for bioprocess, the interaction face-to-face -face is key. So I'm really hoping we can get back to that. I was joking with some uh, friends not too long ago that for salespeople, uh, we need to start having like a QVC for scientific equipment, you know, so you can go up and you know, put a display of it on the table there and you'll walk through it all. Um, because, yeah, it's, you know, 
we face this even just when it comes to like lab training is that when it's no longer safe to get within six feet of people, how do you show them how to use a pipette properly? Right. Hmm. You know, it's a long standing issue about, you know, this is how labs work and they're not generally, it, not only is it not designed to be remote in most cases, but it's, it's, uh, it, we're not prepared to, uh, to handle those operations. So yeah, I can imagine that uh, it's really stymied. So what you know, you've had to work on. So that's, uh, you know, and that's going to be the legacy of basically this year is that, you know, how do we end up with distributing, you know, knowledge and technology? Have you found any creative uh, solutions to how you, you accomplish this other than just using Zoom? Have there been new ideas that have come out of this sort of, sort of uh, forced incubation period? Well, to be fair, we had to transform ourselves into some sort of YouTubers, if you may. So we had to really like get our green screen and get our camera and our place to... Because, yeah, it's true. You have to put in display things. You have to make sure that people see properly how to manipulate. And to be fair, yeah, that's what we had to do. Like create our little home office, a home studio for recording. Well, it's an occasion to redecorate the laboratory. You can always then... <laughs> You for that fancy chair you always wanted in the lab. Now you can. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're right. So we had to make this this investment. Um, but to be fair, it doesn't replace the the training that you have to make with people face to face to show them how things work. So we had to adapt. But as I was telling you, I'm hoping we can get back in the field soon. <laughs> Right. Any tips for young scientists when they get back out there into the field? Pick up where you left and basically, well, for people like me, of course, I think it's going to be a gradual step. Safety first of, first and foremost, the most important thing. But yes, I'm thinking about the legacy of this year has been how these new technologies that I mentioned, mRNAs, viral vectors have come into, into the game. To see maybe if you're looking for a field or a publication, you're young and you're looking for your path, maybe look at these new things that really rose up in these during this year. So one of the things that uh, I think is really inspiring about looking at your career trajectory is that you're obviously very well traveled, but you know, obviously coming from Chile and ending up in Europe uh, and now having your fingers in so many different places, especially for the next generation of Chilean uh, scientists and the folks coming from, uh, you know, uh, similar uh, parts of the world, what advice do you have? Like, what's the thing that you you want to tell them most about hypercharging their careers? Well, first of all, English, and it might sound obvious maybe, but for us here in Latin America, people would understand you pretty much everything, but we sometimes we're quite shy to express ourselves back. So English, if you want to pretty much go work everywhere, anywhere else. Uh, it's an absolute must. And also get hands-on training on as much techniques as you can. So in university, I was working on reproductive science. Then I switched to bioprocess, a big, big um, change. But I think what helped me a lot was uh, experience in the industry. I didn't do a PhD, to be fair. Uh, you don't really need one. To get out there, what helped me was experience in the industry, experiencing the, not necessarily vaccines, but experiencing any kind of industry. That's what really, really opened the doors uh, for me to hop here to Europe. That's great. And I, I think that that's great advice. And then thinking about your transition to, to the business aspect of things, 
is there anything that really helped you get into that end of, of things? So the, especially when it comes to like sales, I feel like that's not something that comes naturally to a lot of scientists. So, you know, I'm curious about your, your take on that. Well, actually, luckily, my position is not really related to sales. I'm a support to sales. And yeah, actually, that can be tricky because I have zero, zero experience in business or in sales whatsoever. But many of my colleagues here who are account managers, who are sales representatives, they have a biological background. And I really asked them, weren't you afraid to make the transition to a completely business position? And they told me, yes. But don't be discouraged by the fact that you don't have business training in the past to make the transition if that's what you want, because it's not impossible. Yes, you'll have to learn a bit of business here and there, but uh, do it. So my, my advice would be if you're a young scientist, you've been in the lab and you would like to make the transition, don't be afraid that because you don't have an MBA or you don't have any background in business, you are completely off. That's, that's not the case. You will have to learn things, that's true. But uh, doors will open for you. Because in the end, what helped me in answering your question, uh, land on this role was my previous experience in the lab. Mm -hmm. I was basically a customer of Corning before. So I knew some of their products. So having the hands-on experience with the tools that now I am advising researchers was what helped me the most. So would you say that it's easier to teach business to a scientist than science to a business person? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Thank you very much for that advice. It's very good advice. All right. Well, we are coming toward the end of the podcast. And so I do want to really thank you, Constanza, uh, and also Mark, for your time today. Um, I've had a lot of fun. Constanza, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I would say step out of your comfort zone. Do it. Do it when you are uh, in your late 20s, early 30s. Hop in, hop out of your country. As long as you have good English, you are ready to go. So my suggestion would be get hands-on experience, try to get industry experience if you can, and don't be afraid to look for opportunities, whether in the United States or in Europe. Stanza, where can our listeners find out about more, more about you and your company? Well, you can check out my LinkedIn profile and also at corninglabscience.com. You can, you can have a, a look at what we've got to offer. All right. Thank you very much. Um, Mark, did you have any last uh, thoughts or questions? No, thank you very much. It was really uh, very enjoyable. I really like your advice. Stay out of the comfort zone, basically. And um, thank you very much for this. All right. Well, thank you both. And thank you to our listeners for uh, their attention today. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you, Marshall. It was a pleasure.